the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are rolling on this Tuesday. It's the 24th morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Thank you so much for being with us. Coming up on the program, two heavy hitters. At 9.35, Brigitte Gabriel, founder of Act for America, says that we are witnessing right now 9-11 2.0. It's on its way. The fall of America And she is speaking specifically of the reformation of the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, Islamic State, and more because of the botched uh, situation in Afghanistan. She's calling it 9-11-2.0. We're going to talk about what that means, how soon that is going to happen. Now, of course, when we say that, I don't necessarily mean, and I'm sure she doesn't either, an identical situation to 9-11 where it's planes into buildings, but attacks on America coming and that is uh that is very very clear according to brigitte gabriel so that'll be at 9 35 it's been a little while since we've talked to her again the founder of uh act for america so that's coming up at 9 35 then at uh 10 10 it's the return of the mac no he's not the mac he's peter kirsten now peter will be with us uh he was on vacation last week out of state uh so much has happened since we last spoke uh, that I was, um, I quite frankly, I'm, I'm champing at the bit to uh, to talk to Peter because there's so many things that I'm looking for his expert analysis on, and of course, though among those are the Pfizer vaccine being given FDA approval yesterday and what that means big picture to vaccine mandates, and of course the ongoing devastation uh, in Afghanistan, the complete and total incompetence of the Biden administration and the military, the Biden military leadership in particular, uh, that has put us on this precipice of uh, disaster. So Peter Kirsten and I will be with us coming up at 1010 this morning. 
Gabriel and Chris now. I meant it when I said we have some heavy hitters coming up today. Now, the other part of this is you. 216-901-0945. You may hit as heavy as you like when you dial me before one of those guests. After one of those guests or in between those guests, 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers will get you to me. Now, before we do anything else, you know, I always say before we start with the top news of the day, let's say our Pledge of Allegiance. This is a little bit unique today because the Pledge of Allegiance is our top story of the day. So if you would, please, I'm going to allow the children, or at least a child in this case, to lead us in our pledge uh, for a very good reason. I always have a good reason when I let the kids say the pledge anyway, but for a particular reason today, which I'll explain after. So patriots, please stand, put your hand on your heart, face a flag nearby if you have one. If you don't, that's okay. Just join along in reciting our pledge. Liberals, Democrats, Biden voters, take your knee. We know how you feel. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to a public for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I love that the uh, child featured in that particular Pledge of Allegiance is a little black boy named Cedric Richmond Jr. And... Uh, The reason I love that is because of the lead story that I have for you today, the top story in the news for me. And I know Pfizer is big, and I know the Afghanistan situation is huge, and I know CRT is still going on, and I've got stories on all of those today. But this voicemail that was left for Congressman Carter Nordman, Representative Carter Nordman, state rep, I shouldn't say congressman, I beg your pardon, state rep Carter Nordman in Iowa, um, is just mind-blowing to me, and I think it'll blow your mind, too. This is a caller or a constituent of Representative Carter Nordman in Iowa, a voicemail message. The woman was anonymous, but her phone number was available on caller ID, which matters, and I'll tell you why in a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes, perhaps. But she left a voicemail for this state representative because of his bill, his state bill, which requires its House uh, File 415, which became law when it passed uh, as an amendment to a larger piece of legislation that requires Iowa public schools to recite the Pledge of Allegiance and to show the U.S. flag at least once daily. Lawmakers wrote the bill after realizing that Iowa was one of few states that did not already require a recitation of the pledge. So Carter Nordman, the state rep, um, put this piece of legislation out there. It was voted upon and attached to a larger bill, voted upon and passed. And that led to this anonymous voicemail left on his uh, work, his state uh, uh, voicemail system. He shared this on Twitter with one simple line. I'm going to just leave this here. That was his quote. I'm going to just leave this here. He wanted everybody to hear this absurdity. And I do, too. It's about two minutes long, so settle in for this. You will hear a lot of bleeps for good reasons. Yes, this message is for Carter Nordman. My understanding that you are the Iowa State Representative who 
included language that requires all Iowa schools to lead the Pledge of Allegiance once a day in grades 1 through 12. Okay. When did we start teaching white nationalism in schools? Because that's exactly what the f*** you're doing, sir, and you have absolutely no right to require something like that. Our children aren't proud to be American. Maybe the white suburban kids out in Adel are proud to be American because their rights are afforded to them every day and they don't have to fight for them. But for the rest of us who are women, uh, the poor, the elderly, uh, the minorities, we're not so proud. What are we proud of? We're proud of our racist history. We're proud of our racist roots. Is that what we're proud of? We're proud of the fact that not all citizens in the United States are afforded the same rights and the same privileges as the blonde-haired, blue-eyed ones. That's a bunch of colonizer Carter, and the fact that you're perpetuating that is disgusting. Keep that out in the suburbs. You want to teach your kid to be a white nationalist, you can do it. But you and Tim Reynolds are disgusting, and you have absolutely no right to require that a public school teach children to be U.S. nationalists. you and legislation. We'll make sure that you are no longer going to be sitting in the Iowa House of Representatives. We'll make sure that you are not voted in again. I can assure you of that. Everything that you stand for is the same bullshit that the Trump administration stood for. And clearly, you and Kim Reynolds still have your head so far up his ass that you can't tell where one of you ends and the other begins. It's absolutely disgusting, despicable, and deplorable this shit you peddle. There's so much more important shit that we could be worried about right now, and you're focusing on Pledge of Allegiance? Get the fuck out of here. Pull your head out of your ass, Carter. in Christ. I think there's probably only one real way to respond to that voicemail left for Representative State Representative Carter Nordman. Everyone stand up and say it with me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Nice job, everyone! I can't think of a better way to respond to it than to have children, once again, leading the way. We do need to address this a little bit. The hate and the venom in the voice of this woman. And by the way, the follow-up to that, I apologize, I want to give you the follow-up to this. Carter Nordman got the phone number of the voicemail that was left for him, even though she did not give her name. He got the phone number off of caller ID or whatever. And he called this woman back. He told uh, Fox News Sunday this. Or, excuse me, it was on Sunday. It was uh, on Fox News. It wasn't the Fox News Sunday program by Chris Wallace. Anyway, and he said, quote, I called her back and said I'd be willing to discuss the bill. She told me that she had said everything she wanted to tell me in her voicemail, and she hung up on me. Our conversation was all of 25 seconds. That's when he decided to share the voicemail because, quote, I thought it was important to show what we are up against. Some people, he said, have a lot of hatred for this country and have a lot of hatred for what the United States stands for. 
I think the Pledge of Allegiance can unite us all and do a lot of good for everybody, regardless of your race, your gender, your religion, your sexuality. I believe that the far left will attach the words white nationalism to anything. He drew a clear distinction between Democrats in general and the far left in particular. Quote, I'm not saying that all Democrats are anti-American values. They're not. It doesn't make sense to call the Pledge of Allegiance white nationalism. I'm not sure what the Pledge of Allegiance has to do with race. Our flag clearly does not stand for racism. It does not stand for discrimination. I think she said it out of hatred for the country. Do you think? Representative Norman, of course she said it out of hatred, hatred, hatred for the country, which is what we need to evaluate just a little bit. Where did all of this hatred come from, particularly in young adults, the millennial generation, and their, their progeny, the, the uh, Generation Z, the young kids that are coming up right now? These people have been taught, as God has been pushed out, and I'm not going to preach to you here, this is 1420, not 1220. I'm not qualified to do what 1220 does. I'm not a biblical scholar. I can't cite you chapters and verses. But driving God out of our schools and driving God, quite frankly, out of public life is directly responsible for this type of attitude, this type of anti-American attitude. We have always believed in the greatness of America, in large part because of the role that God and religion played in its founding. And the examples of this are multitudinous. You can find them everywhere, including in the Declaration of Independence, including in the personal writings of virtually all of the founding fathers who made this country, who created this country, who gave it birth, and then fought to defend it and lead it, and to make sure that nothing could ever tear it asunder. Religion was at the heart of it. Religion is at the heart of patriotism. Religion is at the heart, and specifically not just religion, but Christianity, and this is not an attack on any other religion. Judeo-Christian values are at the heart of the founding of a free nation. This is a free country. We believe and we know that the rights granted us, the freedom granted us, comes to us from God. And when you start messing around and teaching generation after generation of children, year after year after year, that this country, well, first of all, that God is not welcome here, then you start to teach them that this country is not founded upon the godly principles, the belief in you know, Jesus Christ, and again, this is no disrespect to any other faiths, but the belief in Jesus Christ, the belief in God the Father, uh, creating all of us in his image and giving us all fundamental rights to liberty. When you wipe those things out from the educational uh, portion of our society, and I don't mean just schools, educational uh, education comes in a lot of different forms in a lot of different places, but when it's wiped out from schools and in other parts of our society, when it's frowned upon to quote the Bible, when it's frowned upon to uh, express your belief in those values, what are you going to have but people like this woman? 
who grew up hating this country quite clearly, this young woman, at least she sounds young, this young woman grew up hating this country, hating freedom, hating the Constitution. Believe Anybody who can tell you with the passion, the vigor, and the venom that she did in that voicemail that the United States Pledge of Allegiance is a testament to white nationalism clearly has no earthly idea what she's talking about other than she hates this country. When did we start teaching our children something like that, she said? Our children aren't proud to be Americans. Well, maybe the white suburban kids in Adele are proud to be Americans because their rights are afforded to them every day, and they don't have to fight for them, she said. But for the rest of us who are women, the poor, the elderly, the minorities, we're not effing proud. What are we proud of? We're proud of our racist history. We're proud of our racist roots. Is that what we're proud of? Now, I could obviously sit here and list all of the things wrong with that. and could very simply just point out the fact that there's not one right that I'm aware of that is available only to men, only to the wealthy, only to the young, and only to the majority. There's not one right. None. If you can find it for me in either the Constitution or the U.S. Code, I'd be, I'd, I'd swallow my words and take that back. But she said women, poor, elderly, and minorities are not proud because they have to fight for rights every day. They're not afforded to them the way they are to, uh, to uh, white males. So if you can show me something, that a, a law, a right, uh, a freedom, a liberty that is granted only to men, not women, only to wealthy, not poor, only to young, not elderly, only to majority, not minority, I'll, I'll be happy to, to take that back. Is this what we're proud of, she said? We're proud of the fact that not all citizens of the United States are afforded the same rights and the same privileges as the blonde-haired, blue-eyed ones? Okay. I would love to have had the conversation, and I'm sure Carter Nordman would have too, with her to say, can you tell me which rights these people have that you don't? I would love to have that conversation. And which rights expressed in something as, quite frankly, as, as basic and innocuous as a Pledge of Allegiance? to the flag of the United States, uh, I'd love to hear that too. But this is what happens. This is the result. This is, this, is what, this is what you get when you take anti-Americans in the educational system and you teach them, and in, quite frankly in the American media in large part too, and, and you allow them to teach children the same anti-American rhetoric the same type of we are all victims, we are all oppressed, woe is us, woe is us mentality, then the next generation and the generation after that are going to grow up in the exact same way with a disgust and a hatred for a country that gives them more opportunity than any other nation on earth. And you get messages like that one. I'd love to hear from you on this. I'm going to ask uh, Brigitte Gabriel about that, too, after the bottom of the hour. 216-901-0945. I'll be right back. Okay, 927. Let's uh, dive into some phone calls here. We're going to go to uh, Jan, who's in Brexville. I think Jan closed our show yesterday. Now she's going to open this one. Hi, Jan. Go ahead. All right, I am looking at the wrong one. That's why it was from yesterday on my screen. Hold on a second. Let me do a refresh here. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, that's why it looked like Jan closed yesterday. That was yesterday's list. Uh, Vince in Westlake is up first. Hi, Vince. Go ahead. 
Good morning, Bob. Um, to say that phone call or that voicemail that that woman left for that representative was disturbing would be the understatement of the year. And as a uh, formerly blonde, now gray, haired, and blue-eyed white male, uh, I, I wonder just how much am I supposed to apologize for the sin, according to these people, of being born white? And I'm still waiting to find out where in God's name the white privilege is. Because if you look at today's world and all the amenities and the, uh, uh, the accommodations that are being afforded for every minority under the sun, uh, which I'm, I'm happy to have you know, everybody get the, the opportunity that they deserve in this country, um, I'm, I'm wondering where these people are this sick and twisted and this distorted that, that they're not seeing that. But that's that's the, the, the disturbing thing to me. And, uh, again... Are they not realizing that they live in a country where uh, equal opportunity, not equal outcome, equal opportunity is afforded to everyone in this country? And if you want it, get up and go work and go get it. It's as simple as that. Well, this is exactly, and thank you, my friend, for the phone call. This is exactly what the uh, black father that I played the uh, video of yesterday, or for you on the radio, the audio portion, the uh, gentleman from Colorado Springs, Colorado, named Derek Wilburn, who spoke to his school board there and laid out everything that you just said. It's about opportunity. This nation provides you with the opportunity, whether you're black or white or brown or any other color, to achieve and to do whatever you want. That's the beauty of this country. Everybody has an opportunity here that is greater than any opportunity available in any other country. It's just a straight fact. That's the reason why you have millions of people every year trying to get into this country through legal or illegal means. They come here for the American dream. And I want to be redundant because I've said this before, but I'm just going to hit it again. Have you ever heard of anybody referring to the French dream? Anybody ever referred to the South African dream? Anybody ever referred to the Australian dream, the English dream, the Russian dream, the Hungarian dream, the Poland dream, the Mexican dream, the the uh, Nicaraguan dream? I don't think so. The entire world knows about the American dream, the dream to come to this great land of freedom and opportunity and live and survive and thrive unlike anywhere else in the world. That's why they call it the American dream. We'll get news now. Talk to Brigitte Gabriel on the other side, AM 1420. Please be aware, you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. 936 now, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll come back to that Pledge of Allegiance discussion in a bit, but right now I want to talk about the fall of America. It's literally what our next guest is predicting here. 9-11-2.0. The Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan is the new caliphate. That was the name of the Taliban government ousted by U.S.-led forces in 2001. Al-Qaeda and ISIS social media rooms are now celebrating the victory of Allah 
and vowing to flock to the newly established epicenter of jihad, where all jihadists worldwide are aspiring to come and share in the victory against the West. That is the opening line, those, the opening lines of a piece by Brigitte Gabriel, the founder of Act for America, the author of Rise in Defense of Judeo-Christian Values and Freedom. Brigitte, good to have you back on the, pro, on the air and uh, here on our program in Cleveland, Ohio. Thanks so much. How are you this morning? Thank you, Bob. I'm delighted to be back with you. Quite a quite a, um, uh, a, a threatening and kind of terrifying lead there, Brigitte. Nine Eleven Two Point the fall of America. Um, are we being melodramatic, or do you really see it as being that dire? Uh, it is that dire. Look, today, if you are a Russian, a Chinese, an Iranian, or a European, what's happening in Afghanistan, it's not about the Taliban. It's about the fall of America. The Taliban were able to defeat the world's lone superpower, and they are bragging about it, and they are proud about it. And look, you know, if you were them, you would be as well. We, the, the, the scary and frustrating thing here, Bob, is how can 17 intelligence agencies in America, the world's most lavishly overfunded intelligence community, fail in this? But this is what happens when your focus becomes on gender equality, transgender rights in the military, and the whistifying and teaching critical race theory in the military. General Milley, the top Chief Joint of Staff is more concerned about white rage. I never even heard the name white rage until I heard him testify in Congress, because as far as he's concerned, that's a very important thing we need to teach our military about, as well as men do give birth. This is the state where we are, and that's the upsetting thing. When you have somebody like General Austin Scott Miller, the commander of U.S. and NATO troops in Afghanistan, he said that he was shocked, shocked by how quickly the Afghan National Army has surrendered to the Taliban. Now, I don't know whether he's a three-star general, four-star general, or a 100-star general, and I don't really care. But a guy who professes to be shocked by how quickly the Afghan National Army has surrendered to the Taliban has no business being a general at all, let alone commander of U.S. and NATO troops in Afghanistan. And that's why we lost. Brigitte, very, very well said, and and I, I agree with every word. Um, I just want to kind of get a sense of what we're dealing with right now. See, right now, I think the people in most jeopardy obviously are Americans and Americans supporting supporting Afghans who worked uh, on behalf of trying to help help uh, the American effort uh, in Afghanistan. Those who are left behind, those who have indeed been stranded thus far, and we'll see if they are stranded or abandoned by directly by the U.S. Uh, military leadership. Uh, but then the second would be, of course, you know, Afghan women. Uh, you wrote that the Taliban are calling on all imams to provide a list of all unmarried 12 to 14 year old girls to force into marrying soldiers as war booty. We know about sexual slavery in Islamic countries. We know that women have no rights. We know that this is going to be just utterly devastating. It's not just a death sentence for so many of them. It is a, a sentence of, of a life of torture prior to their death. That's the immediate issue going on in Afghanistan. So I want you to speak to that, Brigitte. Then speak to the reformation of al-Qaeda and ISIS or some hybrid of them and what threats there may be coming against the United States directly. Well, the most pressing issue right now, the most important topic right now, is we need to bring Americans home. 
period. Uh, the Taliban are not extending anything beyond the 31st. Uh, they already just reiterated that like five minutes ago. And they said, we are not changing our dateline. You know, we didn't stay or allude to anything like that. So they are telling us that at the end of the month, there is nothing we can do. Uh, we are out of there. The problem is right now, we know that, uh, and we've heard different numbers, about 45,000 people are now trapped in Afghanistan. We do not know how many of them. Are they contractors? Are they just Afghanis who happen to be uh, uh, holding American passports, visiting their families? We know that there are a lot of Americans over there who are also doing business. We need to get them out. But here is the problem why we're not able to get them out, uh, Bob. The problem is the, the State Depart- the Department of Defense, who usually handles a rescue operation during a war situation, where they are trained to go in and rescue people and get them out, they're not involved. Right now, the Biden administration turned everything to the State Department. The State Department is trained on... Talking, 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 and more talking, understanding the culture. Let's have a cup of coffee together and understand each other. That's what the State Department does. And that's why the reason we are unable to get our people out, like what the British are doing. The British sent their military. They have their commando operators going into Afghanistan, town to town, village to village, and getting their British citizens out. And they are able to do that, not only the British citizens, but they are also getting out the Irish and anybody else that they see over there who are working. The French are doing the same thing. And we are not doing that. It's a betrayal by our government. They turned it to the State Department instead of the Department of Defense. What they need to do is let the Department of the Defense take over and start getting our people out. No Afghani should come to the United States before every single American is out of Afghanistan. Our loyalty, our duty, our responsibility is our own American citizens before anybody else. And until we bring every single American home, we shouldn't focus on anybody else. Now, to the yeah, that, that's of Ameri- your if I may, if I may, just a quick follow before you get into the uh, potential for attack on America. I agree with you. That's directly what America first means. That's what Donald Trump tried to instill in, in Americans, and I think they did. But before you move on to the other part, you said we got to turn this over to the Department of Defense. Do you trust? A Defense Department led by a secretary, Lloyd Austin, who said just five days ago, I do not have the capability of going into Kabul and getting people out. If you can make it to the airport, we can transport you home, but that's it. And I will do that until the clock runs out or until I'm no longer able to do so. So he essentially isn't saying we are committed to getting everybody out. He is saying as long as it's convenient and you can make your own way to the airport, we'll do it. That doesn't give me a lot of confidence. Well, I don't have any confidence whatsoever in in his leadership, in Miller's leadership, because Miller is the one who said that he didn't see he was shocked, shocked by how fast the Taliban, uh, the Taliban army had surrendered to uh, the the Afghan army had surrendered to the Taliban. He worked in Afghanistan for 20 years. But let's turn it to the people on the ground. That's the problem is the military, the brass is not doing their job. The brass is more concerned with what next the next lobbying job 
job I'm going to get? How much am I getting going to get paid? What's my next rank? It's all political on the top. And that's the problem from Millie to Miller to Austin to everybody. And that's why every single one of them should be held accountable. They should be investigated and fired for betraying the United States the way they did. By the way, if my message resonates with you, I encourage people to go to my website, our website, actforamerica.org, actforamerica.org. We are sending an action alert out tomorrow exactly about that, holding them accountable, holding Millie and everybody else accountable because they need to. Go to actforamerica.org and sign up today to get our emails and action alerts. We need you by our side. And again, Bob, this is, this is why the American public needs to scream and scream to high heaven right now while we still have a chance. Because we let things slide, we let things slide, we thought our leaders are taking care of it, the military is taking care of it, this will never happen in America, no, it's not really as bad as it looks. Well, you know what? Now you are seeing how bad things are. And now is the time for the greatest people on the face of the planet, the American people. This is why our country is called the home of the free and the, 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 the land of the free and the home of the brave. Because America is a spirit. America is an attitude. It's not a geographical location. And that's why we the people, the flyover country as the left calls us, we the people need to stand up and come together in defense of our nation. And we need to do it democratically, exercising our rights under our Constitution to hold our leaders accountable. When everyone does a little, together we accomplish a lot. Let's join forces. Go to actforamerica.org and join us. Brigitte Gabriel is my guest. She is the founder and president of Act for America, the organization she is uh, speaking of. Let's get back to that second part of the question, and I apologize for sending you down a different uh, rabbit hole there, but I want to talk about the 9-11 aspect of what you wrote. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody expects it to be the same exact thing, airplanes into towers, but when you say 9-11-2, or point two, and you talk about, um, uh, you know, the reformation of the Al-Qaeda organization, perhaps joined with ISIS fighters, who have also been released from the uh, the prisons where they had been being held? Uh, what what do you expect, or what can we expect as Americans in terms of direct attacks from this uh, rebuilding organization? Well, I don't think the direct attack is going to happen within two weeks. But the visual no. two weeks from now, when the Taliban are celebrating and televising, and rest assured that they will, uh, them celebrating at the American embassy in Kabul, the most ex- the second most expensive embassy we have ever built, anybody has ever built worldwide, and they're going to be flying the, the, the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan flag over our embassy on 9-11. That visual of that, that that that's going to reverberate worldwide. We're going to see celebration on the jihadi websites. They believe that Allah has blessed them and gave them victory because of their faithfulness, because of their commitment to Sharia and to Islamic law. And that's why God is rewarding them. What we're going to see right now, we're going to see reinvigoration of jihad worldwide. They're going to start plotting activities out of Afghanistan because Afghanistan will become the epicenter of jihad worldwide. And we are not going to have any intelligence on the 
the ground. No Afghani is going to want to work as an informant to the United States or to any Western power whatsoever after watching how the West has betrayed them one and one and one again. So they're not going to work with us. So we're going to be in a situation where they're going to be able to plot freely, to strategize, to organize attacks, to communicate without us having a hint as to what they are up to. And, and, and that's a major problem. Look, we killed Soleimani because President Trump had intelligence. We had intelligence on the ground in Syria. We had intelligence on the ground in Iraq. We knew Soleimani, the Iranian strategist, when he was leaving Syria, what he was wearing, what time his plane touched down in Iraq, and we only had two minutes to kill him. Two minutes to fire our bullets into him. This is how precise our intelligence was. And look at the uh, 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 perception, the victory that America had under President Trump. Our enemies respected us and feared us. Our allies respected us. Now we don't have any of that, and that's where the danger lies. That is very well said. And what do you make, uh, Brigitte Gabriel, of the fact that President Biden is essentially accepting no blame whatsoever? He'll give the line, you know, the Truman line, the buck stops here, but then blames everybody from Trump to the Afghan uh, uh, army or or uh, resistance forces uh, to, uh, you know, uh, the Taliban themselves, but no blame upon himself or his administration. And the fact that, in, you know, when there's a disaster of this size and magnitude, firings are inevitable. At least they should be. And in this case, he has essentially said nobody is going to lose their jobs. Nobody is doing anything wrong. Utter failure from a politician. I don't expect anything different from Biden. I mean, we know exactly what to get with Biden. Biden is a career politician. Politicians are liars but by DNA, uh, most of them, they may start in Washington, D.C. with good hearts. Those who end up as career politicians are nothing but corrupt people who are getting rich off of our tax dollars and off of their shenanigans up in Washington, D.C. It's the reality. So I don't expect anything else from Biden, but what... What the American people need to do, we need to create enough noise to make Capitol Hill shake. Because unless they understand that the American people are fed up, and we are seeing now uh, uh, Biden's ratings, by the way, even among the Democrats and, and, and the Independent, we are seeing a major drop because they all recognize this was a botched operation. This is bad on all levels. Betraying our Afghani uh, 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 friends, betraying the women in Afghanistan, which we haven't even started talking about and the fate that awaits them once the Taliban take over. We already see what they're doing to the women. So these are the issues that the left is uncomfortable with. But we need to be able to call our leaders on the carpet. Biden should be charged with treason for betraying the United States and delivering the biggest failure ever in the history of the United States. This is far greater than Vietnam. This is far greater than Saigon. At least when, when this happened in Saigon and, and, and Vietnam, we were a strong nation. We all cared about the protection of the United States of America. Right now, the country is so divided, we literally handed our, our, our enemy victory with our equipment, $85 billion worth of equipment, intelligence, strategic machinery. Now the Taliban are the best equipped military in that part of the world, and they're going to share our strategic intelligence machinery with the Russians, with the Iranians, with the Chinese. This is a betrayal on such a scale. He should be fired. 
you have laid out some extraordinary threats against the United States based on the conditions right now. Now I'm going to ask you to go even further as our last question, Brigitte Gabriel. Marry everything you just said to our open southern border. With all of these new fighters released from their prisons, these, these al-Qaeda operatives, these ISIS operatives, and so on, we know that people are getting to, the, to our southern border through Mexico from all over the world, not just from the northern triangle countries of Central America. I think 150 nations have been represented as uh, crossing our border illegally since uh, the Biden administration took over. So clearly we can't stop anybody from coming in. Let's marry that to all of these new ISIS and uh, al-Qaeda fighters released. Exactly, and that's where the border becomes so important and closing our border becomes very extremely important. Look, a few years ago, before President Trump really tightened the border situation, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine in Lebanon, uh, because, you know, I was born and raised in Lebanon as a child. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and we were complaining about Hezbollah, the terrorist organization taking over the country. And he said to me, there was an employee at the Mexican embassy in Beirut selling visas to Hezbollah members who want to come to America for $3,000 a visa to Mexico because they knew once they get to Mexico, they can waltz their way across to the United States. $3,000 visa, an employee at the Mexican embassy in Beirut was selling it to Hezbollah members. Now, I only know that information coming out of Lebanon. Just imagine all these countries that hate us all around the world. People are not stupid. The Democrats may think we're stupid in this country. They may be stupid, but the rest of the world is not. The Iranians know this. The Russians know this. The Chinese know this. We know all these nationalities are coming. And now, with the Taliban and the jihadists basically handed this victory by the United States, they're going to be flocking to America to commit terror operation. And look, Bob, even the Afghanis that we are bringing here now, you know, we, have, we got all these people on our planes right now because we care about the Afghani who help the Americans. We're not doing any betting. We do not know who they are. We just took them at their words, put them on planes, are now taking them to military bases and shipping them to the United States. First shipment arrived in Dallas, uh, uh, um, Virginia yesterday. So, you know, who are they? Where are we putting them? Uh, are they in connection with other terrorist people over there? Are the Taliban are going to be able to get to them by threatening them to call their family members left, or, uh, left over there? All these are major concerns to our security right now. Brigitte Gabriel, not only is she the founder of Act for America, which you can follow and read and learn from at actforamerica.org, she's a New York Times best-selling author. Uh, her latest book is Rise in Defense of Judeo-Christian Values and Freedom, uh, a great read. Brigitte, thank you for coming on and sounding the alarm. I really appreciate your wonderful analysis. Thank you. Pleasure being with you. Thank you so much. 9.54. I hope that was a wake-up call, my friends. We'll be right back. The free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Okay, 958, if you are uh, impressed with Brigitte uh, Gabriel, and I am, I always am, whenever I speak with her, you ain't seen nothing yet. Kirsten, I was loaded for there. He's got two weeks worth of commentary saved up because he was on vacation last week. He'll be with us after the top of the hour. TJ in Cleveland. Hi, TJ. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, I just found out today I'm in the victim class, you know, with this woman's phone call. 
I'm a white guy, but I'm not blonde-haired and blue-eyed. Blue-eyed, so I guess I'm in her victim pool. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah, you know, Bob, this woman is talking about rights she doesn't have. She makes a call to a government official, rants and rage, uh, rages using profanities. If she made the same call in Iran or Afghanistan or Iraq, she'd be getting her head cut off today. Okay, and it wouldn't be by a white guy with blonde hair and blue eyes cutting her head off. Where do they find these people? And you listen to their voice, and I've said it they've, before. They, they've made these people, TJ. That's kind of the point I was making. You know, where do you find people like her? She's been made. She's been manufactured by a They're, liberal education system and a liberal media for probably, you know, the 20 or 25, she sounded very young to me, years of her life. She's been formed this way. I think they're cloned, Bob. They all sound the same. All of all these liberal women, these white liberal women, sound like valley girls. I mean, their voice and everything, and they're all the same. Even the ones in the neighborhood I talk to, it's like they're all being cloned. Yeah, it really, I mean, it really it, is. And their message, yeah. And thank you, TJ, for the call. Their message is very, very similar, and their sound as well. It's just the anger in their voice. Uh, Steve is in Collinwood. Hey, Steve, go ahead, sir. Yeah, they have a name for it. It's called uh, the intersectionality of grievances. That's and right. They teach it. They teach it. And what it exposes is is that you know, two people can disagree over things, but they cross the line because they see everything as an oppressor and the oppressed, and they only see the rights of the oppressed. So, just for the sake of argument, if they're correct in what they're saying. Even the oppressor has rights. Well, and you, you, Steve, thanks for the call. You're 100% right about uh, about the intersectionality. That's part of the social credit score. The more different oppressed groups you can represent, gender, uh, uh, sex, uh, uh, um, uh, race, you know, the, more, the, the number of boxes you check, the, the bigger the number of boxes you check, the more cred you have in the social credit score, if you will, in the social justice warrior world. And that is exactly it, intersectionality of all of those things. Thank you for the call. We're going to get out now and get back in with Peter Kirsten after the news, AM 1420. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.